I'm impressed by the intensity of the room and the claustrophobia of it and how an advocate can still think. (laughs) That always impresses me that they still survive in the intensity of that. I walk into a courtroom as a layperson and I get anxiety. I can feel my breath tighten and my body start to get fearful and that must be what it's like for a witness. I mean, I'm not even dealing with an emotional cause here. I'm just walking in as a layperson. So I think what impresses me is that it's designed, as I understand, it's designed to be that dense energy, that tight form in order for everyone to feel that this is important. And I see, because I have worked with actors and I work with other people who aren't barristers or advocates, and I understand what it takes to speak. I think speaking is a difficult act. Speaking in the moment when you have to be face-to-face with another human being, it's a difficult act, particularly when the stakes are high. So that alone is a high-wire act. Then you add on the robes and the wig and the furnishings and the, the intensity of the environment, the low ceiling, the fact that you're not mic'd, the fact that you've got a very intelligent human being in front of you who's going to catch you off guard at any minute. And then you've got your opponent over here who's going to barb you in the side with some underhand comment. And you've got your client behind you. All of this emotional density. And then you have to be intelligent and sharp. If you can achieve it, that's what impresses me. You've mentioned elite athleticism as well as energetic athleticism. So I think I understand what you mean, but can you just expand on that, please? So I think I need to define what energy is so it's not a scary phrase because I think that's sometimes a, a scary phrase for people to hear. Energy is intellectual, it's emotional, it's psychological and it's physical and it's vocal. It's all of those things. And because you're coming in and speaking in a courtroom in a live experience, it's like going in with half your case written, really, if you're only thinking it's an intellectual act. It's got to be a vocal, a psychological, emotional act as well. It's like you're a sailing boat walking in there. You've got to be aware of where are the wind's going to move you. What's the tide doing? Where's the competition coming from if you're in a race? And do I have my keel on? What's my spinnaker doing? You've got to have all of the, you know, the plan, you know, the race plan, which is your form that you've prepared earlier. But you don't know when there's going to be a buffet of wind coming from that direction, which might be the judge's question, or your opposing counsel stands up and wants to oppose something that you're saying. You have to tack. You have to be able to navigate the winds that come at you. And that's an energetic act. You can't just rely on your intellect in that. I don't think I would ever have described it in that way, but I do understand what you're saying. I think I've previously described it when I've had conversations with others in this way. I feel like an island. You've got the judge, might be against you. I've got a series of opponents who are picking at me, they're against me as well. I may have just told my client some advice that they're not really interested in hearing. So I'm on my own there. And then I've got a witness to deal with as well, who's not playing ball with me. So I absolutely feel like an island. And I also see from what you say, a complete and utter absence, really, in terms of energy. I'm just trying to think on an intellectual plane. So how do we navigate that energetic landscape so that we can elevate our performances? 
Great. I love that you get that, Bibi. It is an energetic landscape. That's how I explain it too. So you're either there on your island, you're either the cork on the, the ocean or you're the boat. The judge asks your question, where do you go for the answer? Yes, you have to find it in your intelligence, but actually, and I'm going to get really specific here, if your body tightens up and everyone's got their own habits, their idiosyncratic habits, which might be your toes tighten in your shoes or your knees lock together or your inner thighs tighten, all of that will hold your breath. Less breath comes into your body, which means that you can't think very clearly. And we all know if any anyone plays sport or you have a musical life or you have any sort of poetry or painting or anything that anyone does as a hobby, you know that when you're best in flow when you're relaxed and you're breathing. And so if you're tightening up and holding your breath, what happens for any artistic pursuit or sporting um, activity is we will not be using energy efficiently. And so your brain will want to kick into overdrive and we can't then have space to choose the myriad of thoughts that we have. Time gets much shorter and we'll jump for the first thought. So you don't have time to actually choose wisely. Wisdom and creativity comes from relaxation and breath. So you know that you're most creative when you're really chilled out. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be totally chilled out in court. We have to have some pep and some energy because we've got all of that going on around us. But actually what I do with many barristers and advocates is work on, and this is the principle for all performance, the higher the impulse, the higher the stakes, the deeper you need to relax, the deeper you need to breathe. Just thinking about that, really, it, it sounds almost simple, which is breathe and relax. Yeah. And I know it isn't. I mean, it's simple. It sounds simple. Breathe, relax and breathe. Duh. Okay, sure, we can do that. But yes, in full flight, what we rely on is our MO, what we're used to, our habits. But actually, it's not too hard. It literally is a physical thing. And it's a really fast physical thing. But you have to learn the physical thing to do, which is what does it feel like to let my feet relax on the floor or my knees soften or my, you know, belly soften under the robes? I mean, golly, it sounds a little bit trite, but, you know, I've worked in, I think, seven common law jurisdictions now. And I remember working in South Africa and this lovely barrister, she used to wear red stilettos to court all the time like, you know, massive red stilettos. And we did this bit of work on body and getting in grounded and finding your ballast or your keel or whatever you want to do it, getting into your feet. And I said, well, what would it be like if you just throw all throw your shoes off? You know, that's terribly actory. Oh, golly, we better not do that. But they were in for it, so they did it. She took her shoes off, totally changed her advocacy after that. So she now she never wears shoes. She kicks her shoes off under the, you know, table and wears the robes and she wears bare feet. Sorry if I'm telling any secrets. But it changed her advocacy because it really helped her land and breathe and find some time. So actually it was a physical act for her, of, which was a quick, not just the taking shoes off, but in the moment, and this is the tricky bit, it seems simple when you say breathe and relax, but actually the hard bit is the fitness of doing it every moment. And this is the very clear principle that I always work on. And I love working on with barristers is that, and particularly in appellate advocacy, where you, it is an improvisation. You've got three judges at you and they're going to interrupt you any second. So your saviour 
is if you're thinking in moments, not thinking in I'm going to do my opening or I'm going to ask, I'm going to do a monologue. Oh, my gosh, how many monologues have you heard in court where, you know, I'm, how can I stop, please? Your saviour is moments. And by that I mean you give an idea and then you land with yourself and you check with your body, am I relaxed? The best place to be is to think of your advocacy as dealing in moments. And in each moment, after each moment, which is an idea, you arrive back in your body, relax and breathe, and then the next breath thought comes out on sound and you speak it. There's another moment. Arrive, breathe, vibrate, speak. There you go. Thank you for listening to the Advocacy Podcast, Journeys to Excellence. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and visit us at theadvocacypodcast.com for reading lists and other resources. Until next time.